Welcome to the Whip Around, the newest podcast on Swish Appeal hosted by myself, Sabrina Merchant. Every week I'll be joined by a guest to cover the latest news in women's basketball and dive into one topic of particular interest. If you have any suggestions, you can leave them in the comments on swishappeal.com or hit us up on Twitter. Today I'm joined by Mark Schindler of WNBA.com to figure out what to make of the Dallas Wings, among other things. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, we're here with Mark Schindler, who writes about W4WNBA.com and sometimes for Google Docs when he just has things that he needs to get off of his chest. Mark, thanks so much for joining the show today. Uh, Sabrina, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I think uh, Google Docs is one of my saving graces because I can just, uh, I, I have a Patreon strictly so I can get away with writing 1500 words about Marine Johannes in the middle mm-hmm. of the day because she's signing. So like, you know, uh, it works out that way sometimes. <laughs> I like it and you just kind of jot things down, so. It's um, funny because yeah, I'm used to reading things like just on normal internet browsers and you never really think about how many pages they are, you know, in yeah. terms of like actual word docs. And I, I pull up Mark's like Marine, just uh, like ode to Marine Johannes and it's nine pages long. And I'm thinking, dear God, this is going to take me forever. But there's a lot of video, you know, yeah. <laughs> there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, you know, it's a like, nice uh, breezy read to nine, get through. Nine pages in essence, like five in, in reality, you know, that's uh, it's gifts, gifts do a lot of the heavy lifting in page yeah. count. Well, the reason I had you on is uh, incidentally not to talk about Marine, although I know you are a devout New York Liberty fan, <laughs> but I think it's here to yeah. talk about uh, one of your other favorite watches, the Seattle Storm. We got the news this week that Sue Bird is officially calling this her last season, which, uh, forgive me, I thought we had already established that, but anyway, the retirement is officially yeah. in place. And I just wanted to get your thoughts briefly on, like, I don't know, what, what does it mean to you to, to have a WNBA without Sue Bird in it? Like, what's, what's the legacy she's leaving here? It'll definitely be different. And especially too, just from like a branding and marketing perspective, like my entire livelihood growing up, like my, I mean, I have like the, the fortune of like, I've just had the W around in my life, you know, ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always been Sue and DT. Like, I can't imagine, like, I mean, the day when uh, I, I'm not interested in goat talk because a, we're not doing that here. That Don't I, worry yeah, about it. No, but like, <laughs> I just, uh, I just imagine my Twitter mentions every time I hear the word goat, but like, I just can't imagine not having one of them in the league. Like, that's just going to be wild to me. Like, I mean, when I think of the, the Seattle, of the Seattle Storm, I think of, like, you know, because now that I've gone back and watched stuff, I think of Lauren Jackson and, and Sue Bird and, and Stewie and, like, just not having Sue there is going to be weird. Like, it just kind of has always felt like a given, like, oh, she's going to be back, you know? Yeah, it really seems like she's just part of the fabric of the league, you know, in terms of her presence, just being there, all of the marketing, like you mentioned. Sue is prominently involved in lots of it. I mean, we had the Burden to Rossi show during the NCAA tournament, like all of these commercials on my television that involve Sue Bird. Just, she's very prevalent in like every aspect of just the basketball universe. I mean, she even like interned for the Nuggets for crying out loud. Like she's just all over the place. So to have her not be in this space just, just feels off to me. But yeah. um, as far as basketball goes, I'm of the belief that I don't understand what Seattle is ever doing on offense when Subert is not on the court, but that kind of seems to be changing this year. Like I, I think there's an actual theory to their offense when bird isn't playing, which makes me feel 
a little bit uh, more hopeful about their future. Although, frankly, if we talk about Seattle's future, like that could just go in any myriad of directions yeah. considering he's a free agent this year. But given that this is our last year, like how important do you still think Subert is to what Seattle's hoping to achieve in the 2022 season? Well, she's incredibly important because um, like you just mentioned, even in, in uh, yesterday's game, the only game I did get to watch live. Um, how was that yesterday? Jeez, that feels like for, forever ago. But like, I mean, just the way that she organizes things on the court, like you mentioned, especially when you have two players who their best ability is what they can do coming off screens or, or coming off of a secondary action. Um, having somebody who can organize things is essential. Um, and when her game is not going uh, like obviously the catch and shoot game is always there for her, but mm-hmm. if her dribble pull up game, like I feel like I, I this is a stat I want to look up, but um, I feel like you know at, I, I can't remember the last time that Seattle wasn't in a game when Sue hit a pull up three. Like if it's 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 you know it's some nice backhand uh, napkin math, but it, it feels <laughs> right in my head, um, especially for a team that just doesn't generate rim pressure like at all, as our friend M Adler has been all over. Um, like, I mean, hitting what she can from outside, even, you know, I, I don't want to say that. Like, she's definitely limited in terms of what she's getting inside the arc right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, again, like, that organization is huge. And if you don't get that pull-up going, like, she's, of course, going to get the respect of the defense, but I still think you need that extra oomph to um, to really get the most out of your playmaking if you're not a player who's getting downhill all the time. But, again, like, I mean, it's – so, uh, yeah, exactly. What she's doing is incredibly important for for getting the offense kick-started. Yeah. Anecdotally, I totally agree with you. Um, I watch, you know, the games when Supert isn't available and we had unfortunately that experience earlier this season when she was out in COVID protocols. And like, like you said, they just don't look organized, right? The, the only thing that you can reliably count on offensively is a Lloyd Stewart pick and roll. And mm-hmm. despite how good those two players are, there's just diminishing returns. The more you run that over and over again, especially with sometimes the lack of spacing Seattle's forced to play with the numbers don't exactly support that. Like uh Subert's on off is actually negative this year, which I was stunned by um, like Stewie, Gabby, Ezzy, Jewel Lloyd, like all very, very positive. And then Subert's like minus two, which just doesn't quite make sense to me considering what I think of it in terms of her ability to shape the offense. But I think it's, it's kind of like what you brought up with the pull-up, just her, offensive uh, package is a little bit more limited this year than it has been in recent years, even as much as last year. Like when I thought like literally nothing happened when Stewart was off the court, like all due respect to Jordan Canada, like it just wasn't working. I I think maybe just the fact that like defenses are a little bit less respectful in a way of Stewart, like they're just not treating her like the offensive threat that she once was and treating her as the player that she is now. Um, I think there's a, an easier way to guard her, not to say that she's like, easy to defend by any means, but there, yeah. there seems to be an understanding of like, okay, if Subert is past the age of 40, now we can figure out different ways to at least slow her down. So I don't think she's as important to the overall Seattle success as she has been in recent years, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not exactly looking forward to like them playing without her or January next year. <laughs> like that's just going to be super weird. I, I do think that like retirement, is, it's probably the right time because yeah, if her impact is where it is now, you know, like there's no reason for her to I mean, I think about Simona Gess is saying this, like there's no reason for her to be holding on to a spot when there's like a thousand younger players who are just trying to crack their way into the league. Yeah, I think like I'm right there with you. I think I pushed back a lot against that last year. I think there was a lot of uh, Sue needs to retire. She was really good last year. Really good last really, year. Really, really good last yeah. year. But this year it's definitely been felt like defensively. Um, I mean, another step slower at the point of attack. Mm-hmm. Um, she still can make some plays off the ball because, I mean, she's super. She sees the court incredibly well and makes good reads. 
Um, but yeah, offensively, like you're saying, I think that's something that has been really interesting in trying to figure out where Seattle's headed is, I, I mean, obviously she still brings the ball up now, but like we're seeing a lot more of those responsibilities go to Gabby Williams too, which right. part of that is mitigating like, okay, you're not starting off sets with her just being completely denied in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, it's kind of working and it's awesome to watch. Like Gabby Williams hit a pull up three yesterday. I don't expect that to that happen was again. Bonkers. But it just did happen. bonkers. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's my, my biggest thing. I know, uh, I know trades don't happen a ton in season for the mm-hmm. W, but that's one thing I would be interested in if they do try and find um, maybe another, just somebody who can pressure the rim at all, or just handle the ball a little bit more. Cause I do think they still really lack that. Right. Because even when they play January, like backing up or she is not a, a playmaker by yeah. any means. Uh, God bless Brian January, but that's just not her skill set. Tremendous defensively, even in this age and, you know, just perfectly respectable catch and shoot, but just again, not providing that, yeah. that burst to the hoop that you would hope, uh, that's the kind of thing that I think they missed from Canada. It's just, there was so many other issues getting her on the court in terms of like size and shooting that just weren't going to quite work out. Just, you know, more broadly about Subert, what parts of her game do you like see in the younger generation of point guards that we have in the W right now? Ooh, that's interesting. So I think a lot of people, like, I don't know, when you think about Ari McDonald, you probably don't automatically think of Sue Bird, but I kind of see that. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's that's what I see. Like, I see like those smaller guards who really, really push in transition and get the most out of what they have. Um, Ari's probably like, I mean, more of a rim threat than Sue's been in, in the decade. Of I would say but so. Like, <laughs> but like, you know, in terms of just like somebody who sees the court incredibly well, uses their their shooting and their ability to move off the ball and kind of toggle being on and off ball. Um, like again, like even like in Kelsey Plum, like I think she she embodies a lot of that same ability where Sue is somebody who can initiate sets, but also what she does coming off screens and um, you know, just being a player who can play on and off the ball. Like I think that's what I continue to be impressed by with some of the guards in the W. Like uh it's not often that like I, I think it's hard to always find guards who are providing you shot creation on and off the ball. Mm-hmm. Like it always feels like there's a little bit of a stop gap in between. Um, but I've, I don't know. It just feels like there's maybe I'm like, I have like biased lenses on, but it feels like I've seen more of that this year. Um, and that really definitely lends a lot of credence to Sue. Yeah. I look at Chelsea gray and I just see like the next iteration of that vision that super brought because like her yeah. passing highlight really is insane. Some of the passes. Yesterday, it's yeah, it's stupid. Like I was, I just spent about half an hour yesterday, just watching super YouTube pilot videos. And, um, I think the closest thing to that is in, is in Chelsea gray. It just like the way she sees the court, the, mm-hmm. the audacious, no look stuff. I mean, the fact that she is definitely still a pass first guard while she has the ability to, you know, take control of the offense when need be. Um, I don't see her like as much of an off ball threat as Sue is, although I think they could definitely use her in those actions if they, if they wanted to, it's just not something that Vegas does a whole lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, I know a lot of people like obviously make the salute comparison, but to me, I, it just, it feels more like a Chelsea Gray kind of thing, but yeah, regardless, so it's interesting. I know there's a slew comparison. I've never really thought their games are all that similar. Like, I don't, I don't see it either. <laughs> yeah, like especially because Slute's like not really that, like not that she's not a good shooter, but like she's not like a, her game's not predicated on what she does as a shooter. Like so much of it is how she probes the paint and goes east west. So it's like not to go on like a whole tirade, but like it, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's like I don't see the similar. I think it's just because Slute uh, had the start of her career in Washington and everyone's yeah. just been waiting for her to join the storm once super leaves. But yeah, that is a 2023 conversation. We're still in 2022. Oh, 2023 um, is going to be nuts. That yeah. is going to be something. Yeah. 
big thing I want to hit with you this week, Mark, is just the Dallas Wings. I am endlessly fascinated by the Dallas Wings, not because I think they're that good or because I think they're that bad. I just can't figure out what they are. So at the start of the season, I had the Wings projected to fall out of the playoffs, not because like I thought the teams below them were better. I just wasn't quite sure how it was all going to mix. And, you know, the Mystics have to take somebody's spot. Like they're just, you know, things have to happen in a certain way. I'm curious, what were your like preseason expectations of the wings and how has this team met or, you know, not met what you thought was going to happen? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I think the, the wings are, I, I've, with the exception of yesterday's game, because I'm still only like one quarter of the way through, I've seen every, every wings game, because this is the team that I watched. I'm like, what are you, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I came into this year, I want to say I was around uh, probably right around where you were at. I was like, okay, this will probably be a team that's knocking for like third or fourth worst in the league. Um, I think to a degree they've dispelled a lot of that, but also not, you know, I, there, there have been some real improvements throughout the roster, but just not where I expected them. Like Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't expect Alicia Gray to take the all-star leap. I think, I mean, she'd be a deserving all-star and all defense for me right now. Um, honestly her stats are like the same as last year if she didn't yeah, miss those just five the, the, games yeah. uh qualifying for the olympics i think she's an all-star last year but mm-hmm. i'm glad she's getting the love anyway you know yeah no for sure but it's just like even just like confidence in general it feels like it's been even better this year not to like make it reductive but yeah. like marina mabry has gotten even better as a pick and roll player and, and playmaker um and actually like her defense still isn't great but it's been a lot better this year than it was last year mm-hmm. um but then in some ways, like I was expecting this to be a year where not like obviously it's hard to say like improve, but like Arike has been an all W player. Um, I thought maybe this year there's a playmaking step or, you know, maybe there's something that changes up with her, her shot selection. There's just more efficiency. And I also feel like she's kind of regressed in some ways this year, which has been very frustrating to watch. Um, like this team at the beginning of the year I wrote about, and I made the mistake of writing that I thought this team had an identity because I think they started what five and two, five and three. And so much of it was their defense. Like they came out just yeah. playing very aggressive defense, exactly what Vicky Johnson wanted. Um, I also, I didn't even mention Isabel Harrison was awesome coming out of athletes unlimited. And I, that's another massive qualm I have, like the way her minutes have been handled has been like, uh, uh, but so often you get three or four really good stops back to back to back. And then Arike just does not make a rotation as a little man. And it's not that she can't, she just doesn't do it. Her burst getting from one point A to point B on offense is like unparalleled. Yeah. And it's been uh, like, that's the kind of thing where I watched them like, come on, like every single one of your teammates is doing what they're supposed to do on court. And then this is just like, this is like the one thing, this is like the one thing. And I'm not trying to be uber critical because like the, the offense, like, frankly, the offense is not good enough without Arike to, to be a playoff level team, but that's what makes it all the more frustrating. Like, okay, even if you don't make improvements offensively, I need you to play defense because if this team is not going to play defense at the level they showed earlier on the year, then they're, I mean, they're not going to be a playoff team or they're going to be out really early. Like I, they, they just don't have enough in terms of shot creation and actual offense outside of her to make that work. So, um, and that's without even diving into all the other roster machinations that have been <laughs> a, a nightmare to try and figure out. Um, 
The Dallas so, yeah, Wings I mean, are like the poster child for expansion. There are too many players yeah. who need to be playing minutes on this roster and they can't because they're all on the wings. Uh, yep. when Bella Allery comes back next year. Like, I guess they're going to just cut Charlie Collier, but whatever. Um, it's not time for Charlie Collier. Slander. Yeah. I just never yeah. The, the thing that's interesting to me about the wings is you kind of hit on it. Uh, I thought the best they looked all season was in that when they had it, the win they had in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and the defining stretch of that win is when they played without a Rike. It was yep. Marina, Alicia, Izzy, Satu, and Kayla Thornton just leaning into the very, the most Vicky Johnson-ness of the Dallas Wings, yep. right? Just super aggressive, hard traps, blitzes, like so long at every position, crashing the offensive glass like nobody's business, even though they're kind of undersized in the front court, but not really, but, you know, kind of undersized. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the the versatility the aggression all of that like that to me is what i think of when i think of the dallas wings and again who is notably missing from there is arike who like you mentioned is the source of all of the offense on the dallas wings like they just don't score officially enough without her Um, so i i can't like meld those two versions of dallas in my head and i don't see it working out on the court because we get these uh stretches where arike is absolutely unguardable like her first step makes people look silly she's got the step back I mean some of the shots that she gets up I am stunned that they even hit rim and then they go in like they're just Mm -hmm. uh the the gall that she has to take the shots first of all then the ability to actually like square herself to the basket considering where she's you know coming from on the court it's super impressive but it's like there's just competing things going on with the wings and I, I don't know if like Vicky knows how they should be playing or they know how they should be playing, but it doesn't quite make sense to me. And yet maybe this would all just work if like Satu were healthy to me, she's the bridge that makes all of it come together. Like you can make those super defensive lineups work. If Satu's a number one option, which I think she can be, she just hasn't been healthy enough this season to make it work. Uh, And like, their front court, all of those missing, like those disparate pieces that you can put together and try to mix and match. Like every single front court player looks good playing next to Sati Sawa, <laughs> and yeah. she just hasn't been available. So maybe the wings problem is really easy. Maybe it's just if Satu is good, then the wings are good, which is again not something that I thought coming into the season because I thought like, oh, this is a Rike's team. But the more I watch them, the more I think like their identity actually looks a lot more like Sabali than it does like a Rike. Yeah, no, I, I totally, uh, I totally feel that. Like you mentioned, like that, that lineup in the Connecticut, Connecticut game, that was the game where like, okay, I'm writing about the wings because mm-hmm. watching that game, I was like, this was not a game that they come close to winning last year. Cause they were down, I think they were down 15 or 16 um, in that first half before mm-hmm. they ended up coming back in the second and, and winning. Um, and like you mentioned, I think like what's been so frustrating is uh I feel like that first eight game stretch was how Vicky Johnson wanted to play. Like if we're being straight, like we barely saw any Tierra McCowan in those first eight games. Seen a she lot wasn't available. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Well, true. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean, exactly. That's, but we that's didn't a whole see other her. thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah. So we saw, I mean, that, that first date really felt like how she wanted to play. Um, and now like we have like this rotating thing. Like it feels like I'm watching a different team night to night. Sometimes like we have a game where Tierra McCowan starts and Isabel Harrison goes to the bench. And I thought to me, like that's been inexplicable. Like Isabel Harrison has been one of the five best players on the team. She's so the good. Season. Like defensively they, she's the large reason for why the defense works because she's one of the best bigs in the league 
at, at traps and blitzing. Like she's so good at timing it. She's good at not fouling on it. And she's mobile enough and strong enough to hang with pretty much anybody in the front court. Um, offensively, she makes things easier because she's their best DHO operator. Um, she's got good passing vision. Like she's been even more aggressive this year. And then like, I don't know. I don't want to get like too nitty gritty with the, uh, no, let's do it. I'm behind the scenes, but like, um, like Vicky had this, this rant, like going off on her saying she hasn't been consistent enough this year. And, um, in, in one of the post games last week, and I'm like, okay, she was awesome when she started the year and then you moved her to the bench mm-hmm. and now her minutes have been all up and down and haywire. I wonder why she's inconsistent. Like, it just doesn't feel like a good breeding ground to actually create consistent play when you're trying to play 11 or 12 players every night. Like, um, especially like, like we just mentioned with Tierra, like it's like playing an entirely different brand of basketball, putting on the mm-hmm. court. Like she's had some really solid moments, but ultimately with the style of defense they want to play. No, like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's either her getting eaten alive playing, uh, you know, a, a more center field, which has not worked and her playing in a deep drop doesn't work either because they don't have the kind of guards who are, I mean, outside of Alicia, like they really don't have anybody who's reconnecting over the top of screens. They've been at their best when, okay, if, if we get beat, we're going to peel switch and then there's going to be recovery on the back end. Um, and it just doesn't work the same with here in the game. And I know, again, like she's had some moments where she's been a real positive season, but it just goes back to in March when this trade happens, I didn't understand it then. I don't understand it now. I have no idea who asked for it. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't really understand a lot of what the thinking was other than let's add talent to our team. Um, and it just, it's not working for me. So I'm trying to think back to the actual mechanics of the trade. They could have had Angsler just drafted yeah. her instead of Tira McCowan, right? Yeah, I think so. Can you imagine Emily Angsler that's on this perfect. team? perfect. Like that's literally the perfect player to put on this team because they really don't have a backup four. Um, no, no, they don't have a backup three. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Gray is the only one there. Yeah. That's why we get these random Jasmine Dickey minutes against the Aces last week because Shout they don't have a backup three, four. Though. Yeah. I think that's also where Sobley fits in because she's kind of like your backup wing, even though she's also starting at the five. Mm. Uh, Which I, I hate. Kind. I of, wonder but. if Vicky just doesn't see Isabel Harrison as anything but a five. So when she starts a different five, then she just has to play Killathorton next to her. But mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's very clear that Harrison is a superior player to Thornton. And if you play her next to another big, like I don't particularly care. She's just better at what the wings are trying to do and like her individual yeah. game. But yeah, the wings, I... I was hoping for you to provide me with some clarity, Mark, but it doesn't appear that we're going to no. get to that point. I, I don't have any clarity <laughs> for you. I'm sorry. It's been uh, it's been racking my brain uh, this entire season, and I'm I'm hoping that some things get figured out. It seems like I, I know we mentioned earlier. You know, trades don't happen in season a ton, but this is a team that like desperately needs one because it's just okay. So obviously they're not going to make a trade, but like what yeah. kind of trade would you like to see happen? This is more like, I don't even necessarily think they need a talent influx. It's more like I need players to move because this just doesn't make sense. Like, like the money ball thing where you get rid of Carlos Pena. So he just stops playing in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, I, honestly, like it's uh, as much as I, like, I, I don't know. It's just, again, like I, I want to see Veronica Burton play a little bit more. Like, and, and not, not that that's doing everything to fix this team, but like, okay, you, you draft this player in the first round. I know that it's not entirely 
like that's not entirely to be like oh well you need to play 20 minutes per game but mm-hmm. even then, like there have been moments where it's like okay well we're gonna ride with ty harris instead and i like ty harris and she's been good this year um but also i think you've seen again what is the identity of this team because if you're trying to be that team that is really aggressive defensively um and she also even in like the last week or so she's had some good moments of really just setting players up in the Agreed. half court and running pick and roll I want to see more of that, but also like, is that what you're trying to do? Like, I don't, I don't know. And it's just, it's a team that very much so needs clarity. And just based on what their moves have been prior, I don't think we're going to necessarily get that, but um, you know, it sounds nice. Like I said, I've been searching for some answers regarding the wings and I don't know that we're going to get them because every game, it's like a different Dallas team shows up because maybe Ty Mm -hmm. Harris is going to start today. Maybe Isabel Harrison is going to start today. Maybe Tier McCowan. Um, I don't know, but I remain endlessly fascinated. There is just so, so much talent there. We didn't even talk about my, my lovely favorite, Awa Kawir, who Lord knows what she's doing, but there's a lot yeah. of it happening. The defense, though. <laughs> the defense has been, has been fun. Um, she seems to fit within the overall ethos. She's yeah. just not good enough offense, at it yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a lot more uh, flashes than anything else, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, she's but... like 20 years old, so flashes are fine. It's just when you're taking away minutes from people who can actually produce now, it's just it's a strange situation going on in Dallas. I'm glad I'm not the only one who feels that way because believe me, I have been just combing through film and like stats, just trying to figure out uh, what are the wings and yeah, you know, I don't know. We don't know. It's got we, 20 we games left to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on Mark. Is there anything that you wanted to plug that people can, you know, read about your work? covering the WNBA um well yeah first off thanks Tom, for having me on I, I really enjoyed this um looking forward to hearing more you can find yeah again I, I so I write over at WNBA.com uh, you can find me on Twitter at MG underscore Schindler I actually have something Dallas Wings related coming out later this week have another piece that I'm really excited about that'll be coming out I, if this is coming is this coming out tomorrow or today? yeah it's okay coming out so Tuesday. another really fun piece I guess I can break it I uh I the New York Liberty have been playing a lot better. I sat down, I got, I don't know how I finessed it, but I sat down with Sabrina Unescu and Natasha Howard to break down, uh, you know, the best, just about the best pick and roll duo with the best pick and roll duo uh, in the game right now. So um, expect that tomorrow. That'll be really fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, you know, attempting to figure out what's going on. With we'll, we'll have to ask Vicky if she wants to come on and she can help yeah. us figure this Some out. Some other time. Yeah. Right. in the future. <laughs> Thanks so much for checking out this week's episode of The Whip Around. Be sure to check your feeds every Tuesday for new episodes. Take care.